some of you know that I've often said I'm from the south side of heaven. You have people inside the Senate. You have people that are supposed to be on your side. Make the decision to live and die on your turn. You are not wrong. They have for us about everything. The border, the elections. I remember America and the American gun owner are the only things standing in the way of the Great Reset. Who's got the teaching aid? Uh, you know where I'm going with this. We are fighting a war against principalities. We are fighting a war against evil. I pray that we get to look into the eyes of every single child in this country proudly that those children can look back and be proud of us, knowing that yes. we fought for them. Men, I don't talk with empty words. Those teaching aids, those are called balls. Gentlemen, I've given you back your balls. You only got one? Improvise. God's given us a chance to make it right. He's created a remnant for a reason. You are the remnant. I want you to know we're winning. God is with us. And in the end, we know how this ends. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Apollo, and welcome back, everyone. Uh, before we jump in too far, I just want to remind everyone that we are on Lindell TV, too. We are on Frank's Beach uh, during our 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Time uh, time slots, and sometimes we go over, uh, but just want to give a shout-out before we get started to Mike Lindell, if you have not been following Mike Lindell, you should. I know most of you here have been, uh, so please go do support him. This man, like uh, like one of the individuals uh, who we've had the pleasure to have on the show several times and we have on again today, uh, is working tire tirelessly to serve his country. And as I'm sure you've all seen in the news and uh, you know, with all the work that he's been doing, he's now being hit every which way from every direction. And they're trying to knock him out of the fight, and he's not going down, and he refuses to. Uh, so go to MyPillow.com. You can go to MyPillow.com slash CD21. Uh, use promo code CD21. You'll get awesome discounts. We have a new promo code and some new material coming for MyPillow uh, shortly. But uh, please go do support Mike, Mike Lindell. Uh, check out my store. Uh, you know, th these are the type of people that we need to be spending our dollars with people who actually are on the side of the people are fighting for the constitution and are going to see this battle through uh, because this is the only battle that really means anything right now any of these identity politics everything that uh the left the radical left the mainstream media the mockingbird media they're trying to divide us along none of it really matters the only thing that matters is that we have a country that is in dire distress they're coming after all of us and we need to be the ones who get in the gap uh, so in line with a lot of the conversations that we've had over uh, the past several months, and particularly the past month or so, uh, speaking about the doctrine of the lesser magistrate, and if you still don't know what I'm talking about, shame on you, you should. Please go read it. Uh, the doctrine of the lesser magistrates by Matthew Truella, a proper resistance to tyranny and a repudiation of unlimited obedience to civil government. It's a fantastic book. Uh, I got a lot of clarity that I didn't expect uh, clarity about a lot of things that have been in my heart and on my mind just on the tip of my tongue for for years now uh, but this is the plan the plan that we have that we are currently setting into motion is based on a lot of the principles laid out in this book and 
it is imperative. It is imperative that every single one of you read this book and understand the place that we have because standing in the gap, as much as some might say it just sounds like a nice, you know, a nice phrase, uh, it's just rhetoric. Uh, the book clearly defines it. It articulates it. And it's up to all of us to stand in the gap right now. The gap is very simply between those who wish to do harm, between the unjust laws and those who would be affected by them. That means your community. That means you, your family, your children, future generations you may never know and will never know, as well as our country. So, And I know that preparing, preparing yourself, your family, making sure that you're able to take care of yourself as the times evolve, uh, I'll remind everyone that you can go to DCF Guns. If you go to DCFGuns.com, you can find all of the locations. They have the Castle Rock location, as well as two down in Colorado Springs, east and west. If you go to DCFGuns.co, it will take you to their online store, and you can find a ton of awesome stuff on there. Go get training. Go arm yourselves. Get ammo, get the things you need. Uh, so that's dcfguns.co. Understanding this doctrine and understanding our place in it and our duty uh, to become the lesser magistrates is nothing short of the obligation that we have to serve our country right now. Uh, so to speak on that, uh, and again, someone that we're honored to have connected with and to have on our show is Garrick Fernbaugh. Uh, Garrick is a retired Navy SEAL and a BUDS instructor, and he's been doing a lot of awesome, awesome things. So without any further ado, Garrick, welcome to the show. Welcome back, brother. Thank you. Well, it's, it's nice to be back on the show. It always is, you know. We get in a little bit of trouble. We have some laughs, talk about some serious stuff. Absolutely, we do. We do. Yes. So uh, I know I know you've been working on some cool stuff. I'll, uh, I'll give for our audience who haven't, had the pleasure of uh, of seeing your past interviews. I'll give you a minute, just you know, remind them okay. who you are and you know, kind of where you're coming from. Cool. All right. Uh, I was 20 years in the SEAL teams. Seems like forever ago now. Um, <laughs> I would start throwing <laughs> dates out there just yet. Don't but date I, yourself. You're gonna date I, yourself. Yeah, exactly. Right. So uh, they'll be like, "Oh, that guy looks pretty decent for his age." <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, 2008, uh, I got out of the military 20 years in the SEAL teams and started contracting overseas. I did the next seven years in Afghanistan. Um, I spent a lot of time in Afghanistan, actually, about four years on the ground during that seven-year period. Um, just cut, turning and burning, was kind of strategizing a way out of Afghanistan, which happened to be um, a tactical training company Then I ran... Um, in combination with a lady that I was together with back then. Um, we did that for five years in 2020. Um, like, I transitioned. We kind of went separate ways and started um, making targets using 3D animation software. So I'd realized just through my training and courses and curriculum that I had developed that the, that the targets were training aids, important. So... Um, that became my focus until recently here. Now I'm transitioning um, the company name over to a security company and the targets and target sales will be under a different website domain name. Um, aside from that, just been connecting with God quite a bit in these end of times, preparing myself as I would recommend everybody does. 
um, as we were just talking about here before the show, there are lots of indications that the world is going to the hell in a handbasket <laughs> rapidly, as we say, right? Yeah, definitely. But, uh, you know, and one of the reasons I, I love having you on the show is, you know, we get to talk about that. And you've seen hell in a handbasket, or what people might describe as that, way more than most people could ever conceive of and most people will, will ever see. Um, you know, and I mentioned uh, when I opened the show about us having to get in the gap. There's uh, a ton of stuff going on. We covered a lot of it this morning. Uh, the things that are going going on, uh, you know, with the the Dutch people, uh, all the farmers <laughs> resisting against, uh, you know, essentially the government trying to seize all the farmland. Uh, one of the most unlikely groups to actually stand up on their own because they are self-sufficient. You you think about farmers in a country like that and here these people don't you know all things considered mm -hmm. if you know people start coming and trying to take stuff a lot of them are more remote they know how to live off the land they have food and water there mm -hmm. a lot of them have communities these are not the people that are going to starve uh you know in the first few weeks the first few months of uh some kind of collapse like we're seeing with you know the uh, very engineered push to you know rid us of diesel to inflate the gas prices uh the food mm -hmm. shortages that are being engineered all these food processing plants this very well orchestrated and well-oiled machine that's rolling out this agenda very much in alignment and i think at the behest of these leaders at the world economic forum you know these globalist psychopaths uh, who are using all this you know political ideology and uh, you know, all these divisional lines like the Roe v. Wade ruling, uh, you know, mm -hmm. man versus woman and LGBTQ and all these other things that, and trying to divide us. These people don't need to do this. And yet they see the writing on the wall. And, you know, the Dutch farmers, for one instance, they're rising up. In Sri Lanka, I showed you a few clips before we got started. They're totally, I mean, they, they are going, uh, going nuts over there. They have completely uh, taken control. I'll, I'll just put this up. Uh, I mean, massive amounts of people. Massive amounts of people. Uh, they have completely taken over the presidential palace. The leadership has fled. They're out of the country, uh, and it's it's kind of a it's kind of a conundrum because for now the last two years throughout this whole COVID you know agenda, a lot of the world mm -hmm. has been looking to the United States. Like you know we have this this reputation. We're America, the American people. They'll never let this let this happen we'll never give up our guns x and y and z and yet we've seen them shut down our schools mask our kids force our military members and our children to get vaccines they're pushing them on six months old uh, six month old kids uh they're they're pressuring us every single way and trying to tell us that we're terrorists if we disagree with the with the narrative and yet we've stood silent and so i mean now, now yeah. the, the roles are kind of reversed so when we talk about and i just went on a little diatribe but when we talk about you know, hell in a handbasket. Uh, I'll, I'll mm -hmm. pose this question to you. Th that's not something we want to see. Like, we do not want to get to the place where we have, you know, everyone storming government buildings. They tried no. to say it happened on January 6th, but that's not where we want to go. Americans are spoiled. They have, they've seen the images of refugees on TV for years and have no idea what it is to be a refugee. People are leaving because they have to. They're on foot walking with what they own in their arms with their kids and everything else. 
Um, that is likely to happen here with the food shortages, namely that are being orchestrated. Like you mentioned, all the food processing plants that have burned burned down. I, we could go on and on about that. The orchestrated collapse of of the food side of the food supply chain. You know what came to mind when you were showing that clip of Sri Lanka a moment ago is uh, is January sixth. And I'll ask you a question. Did it seem unreasonable that the White House, the Biden administration, had put up those fences around the White House and had kept them up so long? What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, <laughs> I feel like it's kind of a loaded question. I mean, I would say yes, it did seem unreasonable uh, from the stance of we're supposed to be, you know, living in the freest country on earth and we're supposed to have accountability from our leaders we, you know we are a peaceful country it is not unreasonable if you consider exactly where they're coming from being you know a cabal of people who have been systematically trying to oppress and steal everything that we own everything mm -hmm. that we make uh so i mean from their perspective no but i think in a country like the united states of america uh given what actually occurred on that day and the events leading up to it uh, yeah, I think it's ridiculous that they've they've kept these fences up Agreed. this entire time. I think they're so out of touch that they expected the American public to react like public and overrun the White House. They were expecting it because they stole the election, and they know it, and that's the response they were expecting. So that's what. And, kept them and they didn't get the reaction they were hoping for. As you'll notice, they're still spinning this January 6th insurrection thing. They needed that to happen. I've been pleasantly surprised at the restraint that uh, folks on the right have shown and haven't fed into like giving up what they want. So, so they can use it against us. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's and uh, and Garrick, just uh, the last like thirty seconds. I don't know if you can refresh this link real quick. Um, your audio is going in and out, and I'm not sure why. Um, All right. And actually, it seems actually you might be back now. Let's see. Um, but actually, what he just mentioned while he's hey, can you hear me now? Yes, you got me. Okay, got you loud and clear. Um, but I mean, you just mentioned January sixth, and that's exactly the point. That is what they were expecting. And 100%, that's why they had all these fences up. That's why they called in all these troops. That's why they continue exactly. to persecute people for January 6th. It's why they run this PSYOP. And we've talked about it in the show before. They wanted everyone to be so terrified of showing up again like people did on January 6th, peacefully, mm -hmm. for the vast majority of them, uh, yeah. because they are terrified of that happening again and people actually getting to the point where they say, no, we're not just going to show up and pray. We're here to wait until you either admit accountability or we're going to walk you out the door. That's exactly mm -hmm. what they're afraid of. They cannot afford for people to mobilize and to gather and organize in those numbers because we outnumber them so astronomically, it's pathetic. In fact, we, yeah. the American gun owners outnumber our military, but they want you to be mm -hmm. afraid of them. Right. I think they actually do fear us. And, you know, maybe used correctly, that is the biggest thing we've got going for us. Um, 
but it's difficult. We can't play into the violence. I, I know you and I are both on the same page and understand that they are they're trying to orchestrate a civil war. We've seen we've seen the indications of this for for years. Um, and yet they do nothing about the violence that, say, like Antifa and BLM are committing, like burning down the cities. The last time I checked, it was more than a billion dollars of damage to about six different cities. And those people weren't charged with acts of terrorism or anything else. That's the real insurrection right there. When I began looking into that, you know, I was relying upon my experience. Um, I've been trained in insurrection tactics and how to disrupt behind enemy lines what's going on. Um, and I consulted with a few friends of mine, uh, namely one guy who I would say is the like leading expert in naval special warfare, and this is two years ago now, um, and he agreed that it was an insurrection, but he also agreed that it was really important not to get involved and start to step in, which, to be perfectly honest, Apollo, was a difficult thing. As a patriot, you know, like I grew up saying the Pledge of Allegiance in school every morning, and it literally would send a chill up my spine every single time. So to see what's happening with the country right now is really, um, it's upsetting, but we got to, I think we, we need to think big picture. Like we had also discussed, um, <clears throat> prior to the show, like what, what should Americans be prepared to do? How far should we be prepared to take it? What are you willing to sacrifice? And on that note, I'm going to say, I've found it interesting. I found it interesting during the tactical training courses that I was running for five years that probably nine out of 10 guys that would show up at any particular training course were civilians patriotic civilians who had never been in the military. It was just the occasional outlier military guy. And what that really told me was that God was preparing an army back here at home, that it was going to be necessary. That much rang true. And what else rang true is that, unfortunately, I believe of a lot of our veterans, they're willing to go overseas to Afghanistan or Iraq or something and fight an enemy over there, but they aren't willing to fight an enemy here. A clear and present danger, as I would describe it. That said, I, we need to think long term. <laughs> Sorry, do you hear a phone no, ringing? Yeah, I hear you. No problem. You're good. <laughs> um, right. Well, you know, I'll, I apologize. Uh, no, no, no. You're good. <clears throat> I'm going to. Um, here, I'm going to mute you real quick, and then I want to read this. Um, this is Ronald Reagan, um, and this is, I, I think, a pretty well-known quote, but freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We did not pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. Or one day we will spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it was once like in the United States where men were free. And I'll be honest, Garrick, I think that's exactly where we're at right now, is that Americans have gotten lazy, and yes. th and that's kind of where I wanted to go with you next is, um, yeah. you know, the we, we talk about... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, 
they've counted on us becoming lazy. The Russians knew we would. They talked about using these tactics back in the 60s. You know, there's some videos that I'm sure you've come across. I can't remember this gentleman's name right now, but he was a defector from the Soviet Union. Who described exactly what's going on right now. And since we are talking about preparing today, I do have to remind you of one more way that you should prepare, and that's shielding the information that you share with the world. So if you're tired of feeling like someone's watching you on the internet, maybe advertisers know a little bit too much about you, or you're concerned about the privacy of your identity, using incognito mode won't solve the problem either. IPVanish VPN is here to protect your right to privacy and help you stay anonymous online. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet without exposing your private details to third parties, such as hackers, your ISP, or advertisers. You can use IPVanish on your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use IPVanish, all your data is encrypted. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed. I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. Super great deal. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is push one button, and you're instantly protective. You won't even know it's on. So stop sharing everything that you watch, everything you search for, and everything you buy with the world. Take back your privacy today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to IPVanish.com daily and use promo code daily and claim your 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com daily. Okay, I think that might be better. Okay. Yep, that's good. Go ahead. All right. Apologies. No, no, no you're good. So the last thing I think that people heard was when I was over there, uh, I stopped counting bodies at 20. <laughs> okay. All right, yeah. Stop, yeah, I've lost somewhere between probably 30 and 50 bodies, guys that I've known. Some have been really good friends, obviously. Um, so I hope people take it Ah, crap. They you know, want us to get into a fight. Oh, there we go. You're good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me see if I can possibly close an app or two here a bit real quick. Well, okay. While you're doing that, I want to, while we're on okay. the topic of uh, of January 6th, um, this just My came out. I know. Here. No, you're good. Uh, they mentioned, you know, I, I saw a release, I think it was on True Social, about Gateway Pundit talking about uh, some January 6th information that had been uh, have been given to them. So I, I recommend everyone go and, and check out uh, this latest story. But, you know, get get down to the, you know, to the meat of it real quick. A whistleblower leaked a lot of documents and text messages to Gateway Pundit, and they contain incredible exculpatory evidence proving the Justice Department was aware that a group of indicted Proud Boys were innocent, yet continued to prosecute them anyways. This is the same story that we've seen with uh, political candidates. We've seen with Coy Griffin, uh, with, you know, Ryan Kelly, the uh, candidate for governor in Michigan, was recently arrested on mis misdemeanors by the FBI, uh, you know, because they have such a big priority for people who apparently commit misdemeanors uh, and then follow up with them two years after the fact. Uh, mm -hmm. So this one individual... Uh, what is his name? Uh, James Aaron Knowles. And uh, 
the informant told his handlers at the FBI, this was someone who had infiltrated uh, the Proud Boys, that the Kansas City Proud, Gro Proud Boy group he was infiltrating and accompanied to the Capitol on January 6th were not involved, nor did they consp uh, inspire the breaking of the barriers at the Capitol building. This is backed up by footage of Ray Epps and, you know, myriad of other details, such as, you know, the group mm -hmm. coming from, uh, from Trump's mm -hmm. rally showing up well after it started, them lying about the timeline. Uh, you know, on and on and on. Uh, CHS described the scene as the crowd doing it as a herd mentality. It was not organized. The crowd was shouting, stop the vote. Uh, there were no overt threats of violence made at the time. Also testifies to the FBI that Proud Boys plan to come to D.C. to risk their own safety to protect average Trump supporters from Antifa attacks so MAGA folk could enjoy the day and get back to their hotels safely. This lines up exactly with what was released finally yeah. in that Zoom call. Uh, you know, with some of these some of these individuals and Enrico Terrio, who they've now gone after again, uh, yeah. despite having this information, suppressing it now for for years. <clears throat> I could confirm that the Proud Boys will show up to protect Trump supporters. Um, as I was living in Portland um, for 15 years prior to moving to where I'm at now, and got involved in this Antifa thing a little bit. Um, I was assisting a buddy of mine who had organized what was called the Oregon Peace Rally. And um, me and a couple other buddies of mine, a guy I'd been contracting with as well, were pulling security for him and his family during the Oregon Peace Rally. So probably five of these Proud Boy guys showed up, introduced themselves, said they were just going to stand around in case Antifa showed up. And they weren't sure if they were because they said it didn't look like the Oregon Peace Rally movement was in direct opposition to Antifa, so it was anybody's guess. But Antifa did show up. Um, second half of the Peace Rally, I would say. And it started to get heated, like really heated towards the end. Um, <clears throat> we ended up having to form a circle around the family in haste. And the Proud Boys actually helped us to evacuate the family out of there as we formed a circle around them and moved to the car with Antifa pursuing us, I might add. It was about to turn violent, like you could just feel it. And the Proud Boys were just there helping out. I never saw the Proud Boys starting fights. I saw the media reporting the opposite. It was Antifa would actually go out of their way looking to find the Proud Boy guys so they could engage them and then the media would report the reverse well and this is uh you know you mentioned <coughs> oregon so i was actually in portland in 2021 mm -hmm. uh, it was in i can't remember what it was in the summer uh and this this actually this was in the press majorly and uh mm -hmm. i was with a uh, pastor archer polovsky who was from canada uh, he was on a tour here after he had been arrested several times for resisting the COVID lockdowns, as a shepherd should, as someone mm -hmm. who follows God and not, you know, these laws of the state, who recognizes the true authority, uh, should do, especially a leader of a faith institution, especially our pastors. Um, but we were at an event. There was, you know, uh, a bunch of kids there. It was families. The police actually played games with us, tried to split us up. And so mm -hmm. we're there, there's maybe 50 people, and about 100 Antifa uh, came in out of nowhere, police watching the entire time. They tear-gassed all of us, 
uh, broke all the equipment, assaulted several people, uh, threw fireworks. Uh, mm-hmm. Within mm-hmm. Uh, a woman actually blocked uh, a firework from going off on a on like a, I think it was a four month old baby or something like that in a stroller. And uh, did anything ever happen to those people? No. Uh, the media, you know, like to report it as we are these evil, evil, hateful uh, Christians. And nothing ever happened. The police watched the entire time. They're watching from, a, you know, across the park. Watches they, you know, tear gassed everyone. We're throwing yeah. rotten, rotten eggs and all kinds of stuff. I've seen this firsthand. And I know you, you had actually mentioned this. I'll just ask, you know, kind of the obvious question. You said you were, uh, you were trained in some of these insur- insurrection tactics, right? Correct. All right, so can you give a little insight into some of the things that we've seen with Antifa, maybe on January 6th, you know, some of these uh, these peaceful protests or George Floyd, any of that? Uh, leaderless, leaderless revolution. You see it in their literature everywhere. I mean, that's, that's an insurrection tactic right there. Um, I had noticed when I was living in Portland that they actually had... We lost like, your audio, Garrick. Oh... Now we got you. Got me? Got me back? Yep. Okay. I noticed that Antifa has uh, tradecraft, for example. Even in one of the uh, the videos, uh, it was a Project Veritas guy who infiltrated um, Antifa. And that video talked about them putting their phones. Well, we lost you again. Okay. Hey, Garrett, can I text you a number? Can you call into that number? Yes. Uh, Um. When just you do, call. I'll grab my phone. Sure. Just uh, if you you can just leave this call on. Uh, just okay. uh, call that number. I just sent it over to you. All right, Roger that. Um. Grab that. All right. So Garrick's gonna get on audio so we can hear him clearly. I apologize for the for the tech difficulties, everyone. Um, but let me get Garrick on the phone. we we will be back in one minute. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial right now. Retailers have canceled my pillow. And to thank you for your support, I'm going to pass the savings directly on to you. Go to MyPillow.com right now to get deep discounts on all my pillow products. For example, you can get my premium my pillows regularly $69.98, now just $29.98, the lowest price ever. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. Okay, we should have him on now. Uh, Garrick, we got you? You got me? Yep. Okay, perfect. Continue right, as you were cool, saying. Now, now we got to figure it out. <laughs> oh, all right, where was that? Antifa. Um, yeah, just using some insurrection tactics. I've noticed they definitely have some trade craft. They're receiving training from somebody. Um, I'm not exactly sure who. Russian, Chinese would be my first guess. But uh, one of the guys that I saw at the Oregon Peace Rally who kind of stood out as I've been trained in these things and to look for certain types of people looked like a Russian guy to me. 
like a Russian handler of the Antifa guys. Um, <clears throat> so anyway. I mean, they have on record that they're very, very likely, uh, you know, Ukrainian, uh, you know, like, I think it was Ukrainian special forces or someone, uh, people who were in the Ukrainian military who were actually there present on January 6th. One of them was in a picture with one of the individuals who's an American citizen, Jake mm. Angeli, who has been incarcerated in, you know, in uh, solitary for a year and a half now. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, any any actual common sense conversations or questions about, uh, you know, the FBI's involvement or about some of these other groups, that's all conspiracy theory. Right. Yeah, it's unfortunate. The I think we're going to, well, we'll see. We're halfway into this summer, and we haven't seen the summer of destruction yet that they anticipated, but that maybe that's because everybody was calling it out um, and anticipating that it was going to happen. So who knows? Maybe they reversed it. But you mentioned earlier that this game plan is very well orchestrated. It is. And that's been apparent to me as well. It's like a a multiple-pronged approach here to collapsing the economy. seems the border remaining open is a very important part of collapsing the, the economy as well and creating the hate and discontent that I expect they want to create. Um, the gas prices, food supply chain. What else do we have going on? I mean, the the list is is, I mean, seemingly seemingly unending at this point. But so here here's kind of why I want to go because I don't like talking about all this stuff and just saying, you know, yeah, it's all messed up, right? Um, so w- when we talk about that, like, yeah, we we'll talk about. Uh, you know, you got to buy guns, you got to, you know, prepare yourselves, prepare yourselves, prepare yourselves. One thing that I think is really important is, yes, Mm -hmm. do arm yourself. Yes. Get ammo. Yes. Train how to use your your firearms. Yes. Have food so that you and your family are not going to be SOL uh, if things get shut down, which it's very, very likely whether, you know, by some executive decree from the cabal that we have running this country or because there literally is no gas, because there literally is not enough food to stock the shelves and then yeah. people start to panic. So yes, prepare yourselves, but the there's two big aspects that I think get missed a lot in these conversations. And number one, it's that like the you know, the big fall of like the prepper mentality where like if you're just preparing to sit in your basement and eat 10,000 pounds of rice, you know, and beef jerky and uh, you know, I don't know, play scrabble with your family while you, you know, barricade your house with steel and you know, sit with your, with whatever weapons you have there, ready to shoot anyone who comes in the door. You're playing to lose the game, like that. That's not restoring our country. That's not serving your country. That's not saving your community. That's not giving a, a future that any of us want to our children or to our grandchildren. So, you know, I've, I've said before a few times that if we're talking about, you know, preparing for something, yeah, all those things are are definitely part of it. But you need to be building a community in your neighborhood. You need to be reaching out and speaking to other people who are on the same page. And if you're training, you need to be training together. You need to be learning how to operate as a group and know exactly what the rules of engagement are. What are you willing and not willing to do? Because it's not just like we're going to be red dawn overnight. So I, I know you're, you're you know, kind of the training guy much more than I am. Uh, and you have a lot more experience, but like, what what should people actually 
be looking at preparing to do? Because it's not as simple as like, cool, you know, triple tap someone and then like run to the bunker. That, that's not yeah. that's not really the deal right now. You're right. So on so many points, I was just kind of smiling because so many of the things that you just said are exactly what I was telling my sister and brother-in-law over the 4th of July, almost verbatim. So I, <laughs> I kind of cracked a smile there. Um, yeah, you're right. So if you are just alone, held up in your house, um, you need to imagine a band of armed militants attacking that house. It's probably just a matter of time before they get in. Um, so we need to think about forming groups. So family would be nice, right? Probably your first thought, but a lot of families are really divided right now. Um, <clears throat> the propaganda has split us right down the middle for the most part. And it's really important that we find groups of um, aligned people, not just aligned politically. I would say what's more important is aligned spiritually, but spiritually and politically. Um, you might find that if you can't find that kind of group and start thinking about where you guys would go to circle up, so to speak, circle the wagons, start thinking about who's in your neighborhood. Um, I think at least for a period of time, we could expect that we're going to stay in the neighborhood, stay in our houses while there's a, a high level of chaos going on. Um, we could expect setting up, like I'm calling it an advanced neighborhood watch program in which we've got neighbors who have rallied up um, to set checkpoints coming into that neighborhood. Now, who you want is part of this group that's manning the checkpoints and whatnot. Think carefully about who's in that group. You might even want to list up like some rules of engagement, so to speak, right? But what you wouldn't want to have happen are some guys, for example, who roll up to the neighborhood, um, they run your checkpoint, somebody feels like they're in fear for their life. This is a complete hypothetical scenario, right? But the result of which is somebody getting shot and killed. And then there's somebody in your group who is like, oh, no, I'm not okay with that. I'm calling the police. Well, the police are not going to respond to 12 to 20 dudes who are attacking your neighborhood. And that's probably happening somewhere else in the city at the same time. But rest assured, they're going to show up to a report of somebody who was murdered and unlawfully shot. That's how they're going to make themselves look justified. They're going to do a little, the bare minimum, when all hell is breaking loose all over the cities. So it's really important that we've got each other's backs in whatever group we're in. And, yeah, the training is going to be important. Like my neighbor next to me right now claims he's in all the confidence in the world. He's like, I've got 30 guns. Well, imagine this. You were just asked, handed a guitar that you have no idea how to play, and you're asked to step up on stage and play it in front of people. That's what being in a firefight for the first time without training is going to be like. You're going to be lost. You're going to have no idea what to do, how to change magazines, how to clear jams, how to fight effectively as a unit. All of that is stuff that we need to be looking at right now, which is why I'm getting back into the training side of things under the guise of the security company there or under the roof of the security company. Well, a big part of that, too, it, you know, I, I get the bravado, and, and I do understand, you know, people want to, 
feel, at least in their own minds, that they have some competency, that they're willing to go there. I don't actually think that the majority of people who say, oh, yeah, you know, they're not going to take my guns. Oh, yeah, if they come with 20 dudes to my house, good luck to them. You know, I'm going to aerate them. I'm sorry, but I don't really think that's the reality. Like, if you've never, number one, been in a firefight, you've never actually had training under stress, you've never been shot at, uh, it's, it's not that simple. And if you're just going to lone wolf it, or like, you know, you've got a family in there, if you feel like you just going Rambo is, like, that's the best that you can do to protect your family, then I'm sorry, I think you're mistaken. And again, like what you said, it's not going to be Red Dawn. It's not like there's no rule of law overnight and you can just start blasting yeah. at people who are coming up in your into your house because, you know, you have like 20 gas tanks sitting in the back and they look nice. They look nice and shiny. Uh, but like th- there's some real issues there, like no shoot, no shoot drills. There's a lot going on that, that I don't really think yeah. people are prepared to. And frankly... I have a lot of hope in the American people and in the men in this country that we have composed ourselves so well for so long. But just to say I'm not going to give up my guns, again, that's plain to lose. So, like, we, we talked to I mentioned the lesser magistrate. I agree. Uh, like, I, I really do think this is about serving your country and this is about standing up for what our future generations have to lose. To me, that's not, mm-hmm. it's not prepping. It's not just, you know, stock, stocking up weapons and being ready to, to, to scalp people. There is a peaceful solution to this if we have enough people who actually get involved, who actually step up, who actually say that I'm willing to sacrifice, not just by bunkering down, I'm willing to sacrifice right now. And I'm looking at the men right now because we, we do have a massive crisis yeah, of masculinity. It, we need to be stepping up now and gathering and being prepared to do so peacefully, move forward masses of us, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people all over the country in, you know, in every major city. And, you know, essentially, I'm not going to say, you know, have an insurrection, but kind of, right? I'm not calling for an insurrection, but actually step out yeah. in the streets, be willing to take shots, be willing to make sacrifices so that we can stop this before it gets to that point. We could use another protest, a lawful protest, like January 6th was intended to be. Personally, I think it was hijacked by Antifa. I'm one of those people that thinks that. But but look at what's happened because of January 6th. They've made people fearful of even going out to lawfully protest. So if you're on the right, you're like, no, no, no I don't think I'm going to go do that. But we really need a we need a million or so people right now to get out and protest a number of different things that's going on. The border would be a good reason. Um, the food food supply chain would be a great reason to get out and protest. Like WTF? Where is the FBI? Well, exactly. Where's the FBI? I mean, you have the same people talking about an insurrection on January 6th, still harping on this narrative. And they use these mockery uh, trials, uh, you know, over January 6th and say, oh, look how horrible it was. The entire thing is a sham. Their entire narrative is unraveling. As they're still trying to demonize Americans, we now have people calling politicians saying we don't need to listen to the Supreme Court. Biden says he's not going to listen to the Supreme Court. 
all these protesters are saying we're going to burn it down. Find the uh, the justices. Actually, I'll uh, I'll put that up while we're on the topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are now people offering money for uh, you know sightings of the uh, of the Supreme Court justices. You have Attorney General Merrick Garland saying that there's no urgency in protecting the Supreme Court justices, and you have Biden urging women to keep protesting abortion. Uh, ruling during a bike ride. I, I think this might have been one of the ones where he fell. Who really knows? Um, but, but I mean, you, you have our own establishment. Like, this is an insurrection. How can they be saying that you you Americans, you dangerous right-wing, right-wing extremists, are the ones who are uh, uprooting our, our you know, systems of democracy? Which, it's a republic, just for the, those in the mm-hmm. back. It's not a democracy. Just yeah. say, that, say that once. Uh, and, and yet... They're, they are quite literally allowing, uh, you know, inflaming and, and pushing for an insurrection and violence even against Supreme Court justices, the, the highest magistrate in our country. Where's the FBI there? The, the, double, the double standard yeah. is, is the double, unbelievable. The it is unbelievable. If we boil this thing down, like realistically, and I'm even asking you, like, maybe we can figure it out right now on the show. But what can we do? Seriously, you're going to call your elected leaders, let's say state and, and federal representatives, right, your, your senators, your congressmen, and say what? Is your voice going to get heard? Are they going to hit delete as soon as your email? Do they pay attention to these things? Some of the people do. You know what I mean? Like, maybe five uh, these people that have been elected are on their own agenda. They don't care what we think. They literally don't. You know what they care about is who's funding their campaign and who they are allied with. And that's a big part of the problem. So we literally speak out, like email, write our elected officials. That's going to get you nowhere. Um, we could protest. I think that's going to throw some light on the issue. And I don't think it's a long-term plan that's going to work out either. What are we left with? Seriously. Like, really seriously, what are we left with? What I'm kind of thinking, personally, is like, it's bad. Like, it really is. And we should be turning to God. I think uh, prayer is honestly like one of our best solutions to this whole thing um like really eliminating i'm going to share something with you obstacles in our life that are between say like us and god um and that one of those obstacles the biggest one i'm going to point to is fear we see it every day in the media how they create fear they spin up fear well fear is literally an obstacle between you and god god is not of fear this is a truth. Like when you die, you're not going to have fear anymore. You're in your eternal spirit form. You think you're going to be afraid of something? Like, no. Fear is of this world. And it is an obstacle. Remove it. Amen to that. I That's was actually one of reminded. The steps people can take. And then you're closer to God. And your prayers and everything else are, like, more powerful, more effective. Um, I truly believe we are all connected. 
as all of us become more like spiritually advanced and evolved, we are literally changing the world just by by virtue of who we are, who we've become. That's the direction I'm going with this. In case you're wondering. Amen. And actually, <laughs> you you actually beat me to the punch here. So I, there was a, a Bible verse I was reminded of last week. Uh, it's 1 Corinthians 15.55. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I, I'll just ask every man and woman right now listening to this, where, O death, is your sting? Because it's not here. And like, as you said, and you said very eloquently, once you're dead, <laughs> there's no more fear there. So, I mean, we have, we have allowed, you know, we, we, I think the problem is we're looking toward, uh, towards these, these earthly systems of power, right? We're looking towards our government. We're looking towards these fallible yeah, human systems in order to fix a very divine problem. Instead of us looking and saying, okay, what is the, where, where is the true authority? Where do we actually get our compass from? What is the power that actually yeah. drives this nation and actually drives each one of us and actually shows us the path and gives us the solutions? Instead of that, and just saying, okay, you know what? We were endowed with all the blessings and the, uh, you know, the direction of the Holy Spirit and of the plan that God laid out for us. Instead of looking to that guidance for ourselves, and instead of looking at the corrupt systems of uh, our judiciary and our executive branch and our legislator, everything here, uh, yeah. we're looking to those yeah. to solve the problem instead of us and our own godly power. And I think it's really simple. Absolutely. This system is collapsing. It's coming down. These are the end of times. It's happening. And I'm sure there's a lot of people watching this that are, it, as it's written, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will dream, have visions. Maybe that's reversed. I might have mixed it up. But I can tell you I've been receiving impressions, like very distinct and clear impressions of what's to come. Um, and, and other people that I know have been as well. Um, just seeing like, I won't go into the descriptions, but apocalyptic visions of what's coming down the road here. Um, there's a fine line we have to walk. It's This is a difficult thing to do because I just talked about eliminating fear, and yet it's appropriate to prepare. Yeah, but don't, don't go buying food and supplies and bullets and ammo out of fear. We should always have that conscious thought in mind. I'm doing this because maybe I'm urged to by the Holy Spirit, something like that. Um, and I'll share something with you, Paulo. Like, I've really thought hard about getting back into training because I know they want violence. Like, I know they, they desire it. They're instigating it, and they want it. And so I'm like, man, should I be training people in firearms and how to shoot? And um, I've been, it's kind of been tearing me up for a couple months, but I feel like I've just had a resounding yes coming back at me from multiple directions. Because good people deserve to protect themselves against an onslaught of evil that's coming at us. Well, you know, one one point that I think it's very important. One thing, and I agree with you, and I think it is a resounding yes. I mean, I think we spoke about this last week briefly. Uh, it's a resounding yes for me. And, 
you know, we talked about, yeah, absolutely do training. Just make sure it's framed, you know, within, uh, within the right contract or within the right context, make sure that it's framed within the conversation of, yes, you have a duty and an obligation. If you so choose to take it up, uh, you know, to protect yourself, your family and serve your country, but just remember who you're serving. The second point that I think is really important. And I, I really want the listeners to understand this when it comes down to training and Gary, you can weigh in on this if you, if you disagree in any way, but, uh, why I, one of the reasons it's so important that people get training is because you know just it's like in a dance routine or you say guitar like you're not going to resort to your to your best self you resort to the lowest common denominator the lowest version of you that your body will instinctually you know evoke but the only way that you can function under a high stress environment like that especially when when lives are on the line literally is if you have competency and you have confidence in yourself and your ability to respond in a situation like that because if the most dangerous person is someone who doesn't know how dangerous they can be right uh Mm -hmm. and that's not including Uh, like really really dangerous people uh but the only way that you can have control is to know how far you can go and to know like where those limits are you have to know and be confident in how you can act in some way so that you don't have to go there like having competency in you know in a firefight or just knowing how to deal with someone aggressing on you especially in a situation where you might have kids to defend if you don't know what you're doing you're going to be more of a liability to yourself and everyone else if you know where you can go and you know i'm confident i have the abilities i have a chance to succeed in that situation you do not have to go there you have the chance and the ability to de-escalate you have a choice that you can make there of when you actually pull that trigger of when you hit that switch without that without that context without that confidence you're you're just you're completely blind in that situation absolutely that is a training truth that you mentioned earlier that we will default to our lowest standard of training i think it was mentioned i've probably heard that for 20 30 years um in more recent times i've come to understand it a little bit differently like as i teach things let's just say it's a holster draw um we create a process for that holster draw and through um repetition that process gets implanted in our subconscious mind so when we need to draw the pistol and there's a threat right in front of us we aren't consciously thinking of every single step is that's required and coming out of the holster drawing acquiring a sight picture and shooting that all happens subconsciously um but then there's a forging process that goes along with that um so in training it's good to put a little pressure on that like uh the pressure might just be um having a friendly competition you're shooting against somebody else to see who can come out of the holster the fastest and hit the target that's in front of you or it might be something more elaborate like uh force on force training using simunition weapons or, or even airsoft weapons right um but when we apply that pressure to the training, it often falls apart. Well, that's what's going to happen with folks who aren't properly trained. You probably go to the range and shoot a bullseye target um, and you put a few rounds into it, you know, a box of ammo, let's just say like maybe 50 rounds, and you're like, yeah, I can hit the target just fine, and you go home. But the problem is that under the stress and pressure of the real world situation your process is likely to fall apart um to give folks out there an idea of how many rounds 
oh, you probably should be firing. I didn't used to go to the range unless I was taking at least 500 with me. Um, and I've fired hundreds of thousands of rounds. Um, and I still need to stay proficient at shooting because it's one of these things that just deteriorates and kind of spoils if you're not using it. It's, it's a lot like playing in the orchestra. If you want to play in the orchestra, you better be practicing every day um, or at least have some level of expertise so that when that pressure is applied and you default back down to a lower level, you can still accomplish the mission and live through it. And before we move on, just as we're seeing the mainstream media continue their unbelievable attacks on the truth and on the minds of Americans, I'm seeing a lot of banks out there pandering to current trends at the cost of the customer. But there's one that's not afraid to make bold decisions that put customers first, even if it's going to make headlines. That's Axos Bank. Do a quick search and you'll see what I mean. This is a bank that's all about integrity, fairness, and the freedom to do business without compromising our values. So take a look at the rewards checking account where you can earn their highest interest rate, and it's a big one. Listeners can get a $150 bonus if you open it by July 31st, so not too much long left there. Go to axosbank.com daily for full details. That's A-X-O-S bank.com daily. And for that cash bonus, you only need a $1,500 direct deposit within the first three months of opening your rewards checking account. Axos Bank is federally insured, member of FDIC, and they are for us, all of us axosbank.com slash daily go check them out exactly exactly and that's uh got me well you know that's i think there's a danger there too when you're talking about repetition uh, you're spot on and most people and i'll I'll say this lovingly to to people that i know too they like you know they do like some dry fire and they they think that they're going to be okay in a gunfight or they think that like they've got it down and that I'm sorry, but that's not enough, especially if you've not trained that under pressure. You've not trained that in even a remotely realistic scenario. And if that's the extent of your training, you haven't actually gone and taken the time to work with someone who actually has experience or can at least you know give you the roadmap, you will ingrain very bad habits that could get you or someone else killed very very quickly you can ingrain a pattern and it takes like a few hundred repetitions if you want to change that pattern you're looking at now thousands and thousands of repetitions that you now need to perform in order to override that because if you do like some stupid draw thing or you're doing something where you're flagging yourself or you know you're pulling and in a real life situation you might be shooting your kid or your wife who's off to the side or behind you or something like that you now need very disciplined uh, practice thousands and thousands, like could be 5,000 times before your nervous system goes, okay, that's mm-hmm. the right way to do it now. And, you know, without, yeah. without doing that consistently, I think people are, are fooling themselves. Absolutely. Yes. I'll give you an idea of how much practice I put into things. Um, oh, this was as I finished up my career in the teams and I was going to tryouts, so to speak, for this government agency that I wanted to work for. They had the strictest shooting standards that I'm aware of with any government agency. So I'm just out in the garage practicing um, some dry fire and magazine changes. And I've got my son sitting on a chair next to me to my left with a whistle and a timer. And he would hit the timer. I would come out of the holster, dry fire, change mags, go through the mags on me, and then and reset, and then my son would help me pick up the mags and stuff, and I was counting. 
I did this 1,000 times. In addition to live fire training that I was doing just so that my magazine changes would be polished um, and that I would be on coming first round out of the holster. That was after 20 years in the SEAL teams. And I'll tell you that it was a good thing I did that because there's a lot of dudes doing past shooting. But <laughs> um, <laughs> folks need to be practicing. Let's just say that. Um, that said, I, I don't know if I mentioned this. Don't get too – this is a fight, as we, we – I think you mentioned earlier in the podcast, powers and principalities, right? It appears to be a fight for the country and for America right now. But what they're going for is your soul. Like, they want to prevent, you know, a spiritual awakening, which is happening, by the way. Um, and that is probably the biggest thing that they're truly alarmed about. And I'm getting this from, this is information I'm kind of receiving in, oh, like my circles and whatnot, um, that the, the world elite, are actually really trying to prevent this spiritual awakening, which started, interestingly enough, when Donald Trump started pointing out fake news. It started causing people to go, what? Fake news? It's fake? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, for most of us, it's like, yeah, duh. It's been fake for a while, but for a lot of people, that was the moments of awakening, um, at least to the fact that they've been manipulated through fear and information, and then there's a separate spiritual awakening that it's coinciding with that, as we're being prepared in these end of times. But um, keep, in, keep in mind, this is my advice, don't get focused on protecting America. Think long-term. Think past that. This is a fight for your soul. So don't get caught up in the Civil War activities and chaos and stuff that's going on around here too much. Pick your fights very carefully and think long term. Think about survive, coming out on the other end of this thing and surviving this thing, hopefully, possibly. But if you get all caught up in, you know, like the Civil War that may or may not go down, you may not live long. Um, and you were fighting for what? The United States? I can guarantee this thing's coming down. It's all, the stage is set, unfortunately. And we need to be thinking beyond this. What happens after? I'm sorry if that's burst in some people's bubbles, or I'm sure there's plenty of people that don't agree with me. And I will say there's some things I'd love to be wrong about. This is one of those things I'd love to be wrong about. However, I tend to think these are the end of times. We're in it. We're living it. This is happening. So get ready. Amen. You know, and actually, that's a good point. I think no, you're you're spot on. We should uh, we should be thinking, and I don't I don't mean you know don't have saving your country in mind, but again, we should be less concerned about the United States of America and more concerned about the United States for Jesus Christ. Because that's really the nation that we're fighting for. You can call it whatever it is, but this corporation yeah, that has not been serving us, that has been erected and uh, and stolen right from under our noses, and now stands as this this mockery of justice and mockery of morality. Uh, this is not what we want to preserve. You know, people talk about you know the new normal. We don't want to go back to the old normal. The old normal is very broken. And as you said, you know, <laughs> the awakening that started happening with. You know, revealing the fake news when Donald Trump, uh, you know, 
got a voice in politics, that's exactly what we were seeing. Um, so, you know, you asked about, like, what we can do. So here's the general plan. You tell me how you think about this. Uh, based, again, on the Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates by Matthew Truwalla. But Joe has a plan. He's going to go 100 cities, 100 days. He's getting influencers and people to go speak at this. We need to get people all over the country to stand up, to get in the gap, again, which is very simply between those who wish to do harm, the unjust laws that are not ordained by God and have overstepped their authority, and, you know, those who are in the right, those who follow uh, the true authority that we have here on earth. And we simply stand up, just as Martin Luther King did, uh, just as those who went out to, I'll use the Proud Boys for one example, who went out to protect innocent people from harm done by Antifa or whatever groups they might have been. We get people all over the country. We get them two by two. They go everywhere. Uh, we go talk door to door. We get people in mass, and we go down the line. Hey, listen, we're done with this garbage. We're putting you on notice. We are the people. We the people are the ones who are actually the beneficiaries of this nation. And here's the deal. You're either going to submit to the true authority. You're going to rein yourselves in, honor true justice, actually uh, you know, actually work for that, respect the rights of the American people, and start doing what is morally good, not what is legally correct. And yeah. there you go. Hey, they're they're going to step themselves out real quick because I guarantee you, you get enough people, like, and I'm not saying do what they did in Sri Lanka or any stuff like that. And I'm not saying we should be spraying manure on the, you know, government buildings like the, like the Dutch farmers are doing. Uh <laughs> but I mean, they, they've they've declared war on us. You know what I mean? It, it's very very simple. If we get enough density, if we get enough people all over this country, we outnumber them so much they will have no choice. They will either run away, turn tail, and vacate the office that they have corrupted for too long, or many of them will they will just the grace of God will set in them, and they will say, "I have not been doing my job. I have not been following the just laws." And they will, they will, you know, move in a new direction. And I'm not going to mm -hmm. tell you exactly what it looks like, but I will tell you that this lies with we the people now. This is not about Congress fixing it. There's nothing to do with that. We the people have to step up and we have to organize in enough numbers realizing that we have everything to lose. Not what we have to lose by not standing up, but that by remaining quiet and watching this continue, we will lose everything. And so will our children. I completely agree. I'll participate in this that's going on. Or I'm assuming Joe will probably come to this city here that I'm in, and I'd be happy to get involved with that on whatever level he thinks I might be useful. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm up for doing something and trying to rally as many people as we can uh, to the cause, for sure, because I'd like to be wrong. <laughs> well, you know, and I would too. We're headed. <laughs> yeah, I really would too. I know people yeah, think that we're we like revel in this for some reason. I really don't. I would. <laughs> I'd really uh, like to be enjoying my life and and doing other things. And like nothing, yeah. nothing that's happened over the last two years. I I can't say that I've met one person who's happy about it, or one person who's who's like excited that they've been killing millions of people and and disabling them with these shots, or that they've been shutting down people's businesses that we, we now have $5 gas likely to go to 7 likely to go to 8 
I, I don't know anyone that's that's happy about this, and I don't know that anyone in this movement is actually excited about having to implement a plan like this. But mm-hmm. you know, oh, death wears your sting. Oh, death wears your sting. For sure, no one's excited about it. Um, we just need to prepare and kind of do the right thing and start forming those alliances and whatnot um, now. And unfortunately, I think it's appropriate that we are training with the firearms and getting trained up. I agree. Even with some combat, have some hand-to-hand skills. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I, actually, it's a good point. I know. I know we're a little over time, but uh, if you're thinking about this, like we're not. If you're going to prepare yourself, this isn't like competition shooting. What we're talking about is gunfighting. You know, fighting with a gun and shooting a gun are two very, very different things. And it, people should have that understanding in mind and recognize that. Uh, you know, so like, yeah, hand-to-hand skills and weapon retention and so many other things. These are very, yeah, very important pieces of the puzzle. I couldn't agree more. In fact, I know we're close on time here. I'll throw this out there. Um, people can dramatically increase the quality of their own training by imagining that they're doing this for real, for example. Um, and then once again, like the targets with images um, help with you visualizing what you're doing. I used to do this all the time in the SEAL teams. I'm not just standing there, for example, um, coming out of the holster or doing a transition drill from rifle to pistol. I'm imagining I'm doing a transition from rifle to pistol and there's an enemy dude standing right in front of me engaging me. Um, Basically, the science behind it is, is your brain imagines this. It doesn't know the difference between imagining it and doing it for real. So you actually, like, the forging process that I talked about earlier, you can actually do some of that forging process by imagining realistic scenarios in your training and going through those. I used to walk down the line when I was training the law enforcement officers and uh, there'd be, oh, maybe every other one, I'd put my hand on their shoulder and I'd be like, look, you need to get in the game. You're standing right in, right here at the whatever gun club shooting paper. You're not shooting, like you're not visualizing engaging somebody in a real gunfight right now. You're just shooting paper. That's kind of an example of what I'm talking about, too. Well, that's important so, because paper doesn't shoot. Paper doesn't shoot at you. People do. People attack people, not paper. And in, you know what, we, sure. what you're training for. And, you know, and I know people have limited funds, limited time. They have families. Maybe they don't have a place that's nearby to shoot. Uh, I get it. Shooting can be expensive. Some of this stuff can be. But you have a little bit of creativity. You can you can make that gap a lot smaller. Because um, you're not you're not training against. People, or you're not training to actually have to deal with paper. You're training to deal with people, and you're not training to be yep, in a static environment. It's dynamic. Fights move. You know, this is a. It's a little bit of a different yep. game. It's. I would say it's unavoidable in the competition shooting game and all the different competition shooting sports that are going on. I would say it's unavoidable to fall into that mindset of just shooting targets and not being in a gunfight mentality. Um, 
and you can see it. I don't know if you've ever like watched the competition shooters, but you can tell by that look on their face, like you're not in the fight, dude. You're just shooting like whatever they've got set out there for you. You're not in any way in the fight, and it kind of makes me laugh because so many of these people think they are gunfighters. It's like now, nah, real good chance. I just I look at each and every one of them. I'm like. 99% chance you'll shit your pants when you get in a real gunfight. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> That's the way that goes. Because they've never imagined it. They never imagined being in a real gunfight. They're just used to being a competition shooter. Oh, I took third this week. Something like that, you know? Well, I mean, yeah, that's the, the, the greatest, like, unknown for them is okay. Like finding the targets like the transition between the targets that's not like that's not the same as actually going into it and not knowing what's going to be in front of you not knowing who's going to be in front of you not knowing what the threat is what the environment's going to be it's not knowing whether or not you're actually supposed to shoot that target or not absolutely 100 percent well obviously you've had some good training (laughs) <laughs> well, I've had some You've good friends. You've got a clue, for sure. <laughs> I've had some good friends. Uh, but I uh, I will always defer to people like you. So I know we're over time. I want to respect your time. Uh, Garrick, if you, I'll, let, I'll give you the final word. And I know there's a lot of people I can see in here who uh, are saying great advice. And I see a few questions. So if you do, like my, if you, especially if you're new to training, how I did it for a long time and how I still think, uh, I still do this, and I, I recommend a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. If you're training stuff that you're new to, like I, I, and you, you can fill in anything uh, that you think about this. But like, if it's a draw or it's, you know, something like that, it's like one draw, very, very meticulous in how you do it, one shot, and you just do that over and over again, um, and be mm-hmm. very, very deliberate with what you're doing, and make sure that you're ingraining something that's going to be useful to you. Uh, but I'll give it to you. Where should people get started? And again, I want to push people to build a community. Don't just like go into your backyard or, you know, go to a gun range and be the lone wolf. This is not Lone Ranger. You're not uh, Tom Cruise, right? Mm -hmm. Get get a group and learn to train together. The best training that you're ever going to get is where other people are watching you, and especially in a dynamic environment where you can actually uh, safely learn to use some kind of uh remotely realistic uh you know pressure so you know how how do people get started right now and if you can maybe people who are on a budget or something like that how how do they look at this and and just remember to lead with faith uh everyone who's listening i would say you know get get started with with a reputable instructor i mean i i'm going to say i'm going to point you towards somebody who has like combat experience personally um, I, I don't mean to offend any law enforcement officers out there, but the law enforcement guys typically, not all of them, tend to be like way behind the power curve regarding, um, newer, let's say contemporary fighting methods. Um, and then to give the competition shooter guys a shout out, they are way up on contemporary shooting methods. Like for example, um, like slingshotting the slide 
You're not going to see anybody in a competition shooting event slingshotting the shot slide, but just about all the law enforcement guys are going to teach that. Um, really what I'm getting at is there's a, a phrase that we, we use called running the gun. You, and there's some guns that run a lot faster than others. Um, but it's all about how fast you can operate and manipulate your equipment, how fast and accurate are you with it. So find a guy maybe a former special operations guy, admittedly I'm biased, but you're looking for a dude who's had lots of good training um, and some combat experience to put everything into perspective. That's where I'd recommend that people get started. Um, <clears throat> so that's about all I've got there, Paula. No, it's good think? advice. It's good advice. Oh, did I miss anything? No, that's... Uh... I have one more thing, if you would allow me. Oh, I'll allow to throw you, this absolutely. Out. Something I think is worth mentioning. It, it goes back a little bit. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with Glenn Beck, maybe Alex Jones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Apparently, those two had a little rift between them that I was unaware of until kind of recently when Alex Jones had pointed it out himself. Um, so apparently Glenn Beck wasn't on board with all the, oh, let's say predictions and cabal type stuff that Alex Jones is kind of known for. He's, I listen to Alex often. I think he's really good at pointing out big picture what's going on globally and what, say, like the cabal is really up to. I find that to be important information. So anyway, the point was forgiveness. We're all at a different little pace in our spiritual journey and our journey of awakening and whatnot, right? And Alex was like, all is forgiven. He's like, I'm just glad that Glenn is on board now and understands big picture what's happening. And we need to think like that with our friends and our relatives, family members who aren't aligned with us right now, but we're all moving at a slightly different pace, you know what I mean? And just have forgiveness and understanding. That is really important right now because they're trying to create the vision in society in a hundred different ways. And we need to be looking at unity and forgiveness. That's Absolutely. No, I love that. I love that. Absolutely. And, you know, and I'll say this with people who are like getting into kind of prepping stuff, people who are getting into to shooting or they want to defend their family or people who are just new to this like whole pandemic stuff, have grace with them. The, the whole point was to keep all of us dumbed down. The whole point was to keep us divided. If someone called you a racist last year or, a, you know, a Nazi, or they said you wanted to kill grandma because you didn't want to get a COVID shot, you didn't want to wear a mask, give, give them a little bit of grace. And that's going to be hard, uh, but there's going to be a lot of fences that need to be mended uh, in the coming months. And just realize that it's not just the awake versus the asleep. That's not it. The, the whole agenda has been to keep as many people from waking up. So as that happens, welcome them with open arms. There's going to be a, a big adjustment to a lot of these, these individuals who, frankly, have been fooled and will have to admit that they, they have been wrong. I've been wrong. You know, every single one of us, no one knew the entire picture. So be humble yeah. with them. Be, be humble. humble with yourself. Learn from other people and teach when you can. The, the greatest gift that you can give someone is to teach them and to recognize that they are trying to improve themselves and that they're moving forward, uh, you know, from a place of faith, you know, truly in line and in the spirit, you know, of morality. So 
Uh, that, that's what I'll leave Absolutely. you with today. Amen that's what to I'll that. leave you with today. Well, uh, Garrick, it's always a pleasure having you on. Uh, we are uh, we're, we're, we're off uh, we're off Frank's speech, so I'll give you a minute if you wanna if you wanna go hammer about anything uh, a little bit uncensored, or we can just pray and we'll uh, we'll let everyone get to their evening. Roger that. All right, Father God, I want I want to thank you for all the blessings that we have. I want you to continue to inspire men to continue to inspire women, mothers and fathers, young men who have been lost, who have been led down a path that has not served them, who have been fooled, who have been blindfolded by hookup culture and by ego and by anger, who have been lost, who have been drowning in despair and in confusion and in hopelessness. I just want you to lift them up, Father God. Lift them up. Pull the wool away from the eyes of all of our brothers and sisters. I want you to bless and protect and fill with, with hope and alleviate the burden of men like Garrick, of men who have served their country, who are watching as everything that they have fought for, as everything that we as Americans have taken for granted, as everything that we have allowed to roll out of our hands as we've fallen asleep at the wheel is being ripped away from us. I want every man in this country, every woman in this country to realize the role that they have to play, to stand as lions, to stand as leaders, to stand as the lesser magistrates, that we may take back our country, that we may not only take back a system that was broken, but forge a new one. As we forge ourselves, as iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another, may we sharpen each other, may we sharpen ourselves, that we may birth a greater more productive, more innovative, more godly country that our children in 10 years time will look back and be proud of us knowing that we fought for them, knowing that we put it all on the line, knowing that death sting is not here, not here in this life, knowing that we fought to give them a future and they will look back on these times as the greatest symbol of what they can never allow to happen again, that it will serve as a blueprint for the leaders that they have to be for the rest of their lives, that the horrors that we see now will never come to pass again, that God will smile on us when we leave this earth. The only thing that matters, the only judgment that matters, the only baggage that matters when we leave this earth is the record of what we stood for here. I pray that we are filled with hope, for there is so much hope. We have a chance to take back this country. We have a chance to stop this agenda. We have a chance to forge a, a brighter future than any of us have ever seen, than any of us could imagine. I pray that we look to our neighbors, whether they be on the left or on the right, whether they are awake or asleep, whether they know very little or they've been in the game. I pray that we look to all of them as equals under this kingdom, that we look to each one of us as the solution, that we cast aside only those who are against us and worry not about what they do, but focus on our efforts, focus on our minds, focus on our spirits, that we fight for the life after this. 
For that is the only life that matters. I pray for the children. I pray for those in countries all over the world, in Sri Lanka, for the Dutch farmers, for those in Ukraine, for those in Russia, for those currently on the battlefield, for those who are being harmed by conflict, not of their own design. I pray that they all remain focused on you, that we all remain focused on you, that we all stand together to end this nightmare and to bring about the beautiful reality that is waiting for us if we choose to accept your call. I ask these things humbly in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Great prayer. That was a really good prayer, Paulo. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Garrick, it's always good to have you on. But I forgot to ask, was there anything that you wanted to make sure people checked out? No, sir. No, good. All right. Said my awesome. Piece. Awesome. I'm going to give you a call after the show. Uh Thanks again, brother. It's always good to see you. God bless you, Garrick. You got it. Thank you for having me on. Take care. My pleasure. See you. All right, guys. So that was a lot. Uh, please share this episode. The reason, uh, you know, especially in the wake of all the unrest that we're seeing, everything that we're witnessing over the, you know, over the world right now, here in this country, the, you know, the seemingly insurmountable obstacles that we have the fear that we might have from the gas prices from food shortages from all of this propaganda that they just wish to frighten us with that they just wish to keep us divided to keep us separate to keep us afraid of standing up of gathering of truly gathering as we the people not just as the preppers not as the proud boys not as the three percenters the point is to keep us separate is to keep us divided into factions if we unite as one people, as we the people, this battle is over. And they know that. That's why they want to keep us afraid. And there will be trying times ahead. But I hope with Garrick's words, with some of the things that we talked about, it can clear some of the, the fog away. Never underestimate what you are capable of. Never say you can't learn something. Never say you can't do it. Because you are capable of anything. We are capable of anything if we admit our allegiance to God. If we surrender ourselves to the unbelievable, to the unlimited power, to the unlimited possibility and potential that we were put here with. The amazing, the beautiful diversity and, and, and possibility that it is in this world as a result of all of us together. That we can create, that we can forge bonds and build groups and connect with one, e one another. We can turn hearts in the right direction, in that direction. We can turn minds towards the truth. We can clear away this fog of war, this psychology of deception. We can save this country. We can save one another. There will be sacrifices, but they will be worth it. Because if we are not willing to sacrifice here on this earth in our lifetimes now, we have everything to sacrifice once we leave. So I leave, we, I leave you with that. Please share this. The, I wanted to make sure that we talked about training and you know, looking at all the things that are going on. Uh, not to say, oh my God, you have, to, you, know, you have to figure out what you're doing a little bit. But as we see things continue to remain turbulent, as we see these things 
spiral. Now is the time to get right with God. Now is the time to get right with yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror. Ask yourself who you are. And more importantly, ask yourself who you were meant to be. You are waiting on that. Your family is waiting on that. And every other American here in this country is waiting on you to realize who you were meant to be and to step into that. So we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, Share this. Smash the rumble button on your way out. Uh, I really do mean share this. This was meant to just clear away some of the nonsense, give you a little bit of a blueprint, because preparation now will save us in the future. And stepping into that person that you were meant to be now will save our country. If we gather as the lesser magistrates, if we the people come together as one people with one mission and one heart and mind, we will win this war. So get off the sidelines. Oh, death, where is your sting? Because I know it's not here. We will see you tomorrow at 10 a.m. Mountain Time, noon Eastern. God bless you all. Again, share this episode. My name is Apollo, and pray tonight. Your big job today is to pray and to ask yourself who you were meant to be. Because if you listen, God has been telling you the whole time. We'll see you tomorrow. If you want to watch Conservative Daily Podcast, we go live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find us live at conservative-daily.com, on Rumble, on Frank's Beach, where we go live on Lindell TV 2 at those same times, on DLive, and now on Odyssey. You can also find our episodes at brighteon.com. Make sure you also check out the link in the description to go to the Brighteon store and prepare you and your family with the awesome storable food and other products that they have there. You can find us on the audio edition at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, and everywhere else. Make sure you go and give us a five-star review and be that ambassador of truth. Share this episode with everyone who needs to hear it. Text the word FREEDOM to 89517 and we'll shoot you a text message when we're about to go live. Check out the description for our link to the daily newsletter so you get access to the fax blasts. We want to thank you for being a listener of Conservative Daily Podcast as we pursue truth and fight to restore our nation. We will continue to provide you with the most important information that the mainstream media will not show you. Now at conservative-daily.com, you have the option to become a member with us. Each membership option varies in access and discounts in regards to the ability to interact with the Daily Facts Blast, monthly savings, access to extra content, and interactions with the hosts and guests of the show. Go to conservative-daily.com and become a member right now for as little as $10 a month. Make sure you check out social media and find us everywhere at Conservative Daily and at Joel Oltman. We'll see you next time on Conservative Daily Podcast. It's time to do the hard work. Let's take our country back, patriots. God bless America.